0: Welcome to Fostering Solutions, a podcast that uplifts people and enterprises, making impact in communities around the world. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Foster. Hello, ladies. How are you doing? <laughs> Fine. Doing Hello. good. Great, good. Great doing to good. see all of you. Yeah. So I've got uh, with me here, I, I've got Chanel Coy Williams LaQuanza Jackson and Latoya Davis. And these are ladies who are working within canal County schools supporting student success. So tonight we'll just find out on this episode, we'll just find out about their work and, you know, give you some insights into, into the support that they provide to ensure that our students, um, from elementary all the way through high school experience success. So let's start with chanel chanel tell the audience about <laughs> yourself who is chanel coy williams um well
1: i am a mother of three i currently work like you said for canal county schools as a school social worker at mary c snow um, i'm also a therapist with keep your faith um I've been working within the community for about 15 years, well, 15 years with um, Child Protective Services as a social worker, but I've been in the community doing social work for ever since 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm originally from Fayette County, but I came down here to Charleston um, to go to school, graduated from state, and I've been here ever since. Just, I, I mean, I've done mental health, just bouncing around in the social work world. So. Okay, okay. And LaToya, LaToya
2: Davis. Hi. Um, I am from McDowell County. McDowell County. McDowell (laughs) County, yes. (laughs) Way down in the south, um, or the southern part of West Virginia. And I came here um, in 1999 and went to West Virginia State um, at the time, college. And graduated and fell in love with Charleston. So I remained here. I'm married, and I'm just working and doing social work um, within the school system. I've been in the community since 2004 as well, and um, I love it. I I enjoy my job, and I just started doing some therapy on the side as well, and um, that's about
0: it. (laughs) Okay. And Laquanza?
3: Laquanza Jackson? Hello. I am Laquanza, and I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York and I moved to West Virginia in high school the wild and wonderful. I didn't think I would still be here. <laughs> but I am and I love I love this state so much. I am a mother of two, two very athletic children, well, one's athletic, one is just a busy bee (laughs) that keep me on my toes. I've been in the community since I actually started in college, West Virginia State College. I started working in the community doing volunteer work and in the social work field after college. I went into um, the social work field with different aspects of social work, and I'll talk a little bit about that later. Mm -hmm. And I think that's about it. (laughs) <laughs>
0: and you so you're all state graduates. Yes. We were yes. all Go there state. at the same time. Yes, we actually took classes <laughs> with to each yeah. other yeah, yeah. once upon a yeah. okay, okay. So you're all you're all now working for Canal County Schools and a lot of times when you think of of people working in the school system, you you think of of teachers, but and, you know educators. But you're also supporting um success of students. So so describe your career journey, you know what's what has it been like since you've left college and are were there hurdles you had to overcome to get into social work and to stay in you know stay in your field who wants to go first
1: I will Mm -hmm. um the biggest hurdle for me in social work is exactly that you have to jump through so many hoops of um there's Testing and licensing and you know for you to move from one part of it to another i um, especially trying to get to the school system. It was something that I didn't know you had to take these four extra classes It's like a hidden gem That if you didn't know about them, um, that was one thing I kept applying and applying, and I didn't know why I wasn't getting it, and I didn't know. You have to, on top of your degree and on top of your master's, you still have to take four more additional classes. Um, It's like social services. um, Certification. Certification or something like that. So that was my biggest hurdle with social work. They really don't tell you the things that you can do. You just think, Mm. Um, I know I went straight into CPS because that's all I knew. Like, I mean, everybody was like, you're going to be a social worker. So that means, um, which is another negative, you know, barriers. They say that social workers are negative, you know. So it was like that bad stigma around being Mm -hmm. a social worker. So I went straight into it and I stayed there. Didn't know I could do therapy didn't know i can open my own nest. i didn't know any of that stuff so is so. that career
0: preparation do you
1: think it's in the it yeah definitely in college definitely like i do um the field placements now where we get interns and i'm like drilling stuff and i'm like <laughs> you better do this you better do and they still don't tell them that i mean the same thing with um the four classes i just sat with the social work um field placement teacher and i was telling her because my intern she wants to come into the school social work she's like i love it and they didn't know to even tell her that and it's a part of the social it's social work that's what you're doing but they didn't know she's like what for classes that's what the professor said so i just think that was the biggest hurdle is that You go through the classes. They don't tell you how that testing is going to work. You got to take one test to get to the next part. Then once you take that, you need 3,000 hours, and then you got to take another test to get another letter on your name. It's almost like
0: learning a
1: little flow chart. And everybody tells it to you differently. Mm -hmm. So that's the biggest thing.
0: Okay. Any other hurdles? What about you, Latoya? I agree with everything
2: that Chanel just mentioned. um, As far as education and school-wise, um, I guess a hurdle for me was just coming over that negativity and really getting into social work for myself and learning for myself the paths that I could go um, because you had to go over there. You know, there's no money in that field, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and then there, there really isn't much money <laughs> <laughs> Really. Um, especially unless you get your master's and, mm-hmm. Um, school was not my favorite thing growing <laughs> up. Uh, so to hear that, okay, you went to college, you you owe this for your degree, but now oh you got to go back to school and do some more. I had to build up some confidence in myself mm-hmm. and um, overcome my own demons to achieve the goals that I've had to do. So just just my own hurdles I would say was myself, my self-doubt. And just believing in myself and overcoming what I heard and really learning for myself, my what co- my career and my my journey as far as a career could be.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree
2: with both of your
0: <laughs> Um I
3: think my struggle was just basically like Chanel said, you know, having people tell you two different, three different, four different paths that you can take and not knowing which one you really want to take. So Mm -hmm. it took me some time to really think about what path I wanted to go down. I've always loved working with children, um, but I also dipped into working with the elderly, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
3: just different sectors of social work to see which one just really I was just the most passionate about. And then ultimately it was working with children. Um, Unlike Chanel, (laughs) I did know about the certification classes because... Our supervisor was my basketball coach no. <laughs> at West Virginia State. So he always told me, like, i want to get those certification classes. I'm thinking I had to go get a whole nother degree. And I'm like, Oh no, I'm not doing all that right after school. But I wish I would have
1: right, done it sooner. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So what each so each of you kind of talk about what is your role when you when it comes to helping students in the school system. Laquanzo you wanna start this time?
3: Sure. So my role, how I look at my role is I'm there as that sounding board for families and students to make sure if they, if there's anything that they need at all, and this is the social work, because I have a dual mm-hmm. <laughs> position mm-hmm. with my job. So the social work part of it is just making sure that, you know, I want to see the children coming in with happy, smiling faces. If they're not, and, you know, you can tell when a student is coming from a um Troubled a troubled home, a home. Mm-hmm. and so you you give those children extra attention and mm-hmm. making sure that their needs are being met at school and at home. Mm-hmm. Um, a struggle with that is some families they don't want to accept the help right. when you when they hear social work in the school mm-hmm. they think oh you're going to try to take my child away. Mm-hmm. Right. Ultimately mm-hmm. that's the first thing that comes to mind instead of oh you're there to really yeah. help us you know to make sure that we are well taken care of we're safe we have a roof we have food clothing. Right. Um, the other side of mine is, uh, assistant attendance director and where I have to make sure that the children are attending school daily. That's a, that's, that's a struggle that we (laughs) struggle with Mm -hmm. every school year, um, with that. So I think that was the, the greatest need that our children need
2: currently.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. what's, what's your
2: role? Well I'm in a high school, so I'm dealing with students who are older, um, some are mature, some, some are not. And uh, my job basically, I have a, a dual kind of situation as well where I help um, students set goals. So as far as setting goals to work towards graduation, that's the goal. Um, so whether that's by um, attending school more, working on your grades and credits, and actually um, seeing where it is that you want to go outside of high school. Um, so that's something that I do within my job. Also, I, I am, I'm a social worker, so I help with social services. I help kids or families get the resources that they need. Um, here recently we started a community resource room at my school, and it is filled with things that um, are essentials, you know, things that you need. Um, But there are also things that people may not be able to afford or um, obtain on a regular basis. So I help with things to that nature. Um, And then there's the the downside of it (laughs) is when, you know, we set goals and we're not doing what we, we said, and mm-hmm. we're not going in the right direction that we need to go in to achieve those goals, then that, that comes in the truancy part. That comes in the court part, which I'm merely um, enforcing the law that the state of West Virginia has <laughs> created. <laughs> not my own rules, right. Right, but I'm yeah. just merely
0: reinforcing what the law is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you help with, scholar- so with scholarship? be a part of that too like in terms of resources
2: i'm talking about more like social services um, uh, resources as far as with housing um, with food basic needs basic basic needs needs, clothing yeah more to that nature as far as um, resources things that will help you to come to school and and be successful at school those are more of the things that i help with you know, food and, like you said, basic needs. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, Chanel, what's your role?
1: Um, Same thing, I've really struggled with just calling myself the Assistant Attendance Director because I've been the social worker for so long. So, because I'm fairly new to the school system, three years versus, you know, the social work aspect of it. So, um, same thing, like, I just look at the bigger picture of I just couldn't look at reports and numbers and say oh they missed this many days let me go foul on them let me go you know take this mom to quarter, do that i you know look at the bigger picture offer resources um like I said I'm at Mary C. Snow so there are there's a lot there, we have a family support worker we now have a community and schools person then we have me and then there's the side I mean it's like everybody's there is just that school I know like yeah, um Kwanzaa have like Uh, multiple schools that she go to like we just I just stay at Mary C. Snow Mm -hmm. so mine is like um, I try to focus more on the support services side of it so I can keep from filing on families like I will offer you everything before we get to court so I just think that that's most important and that's how our kids are going to be more successful taking them to court doesn't yeah, it doesn't get them there anymore. Then what they were getting is is basically a fine, and then you create a financial hardship for the parents. Right. Then if their parents go to jail, then we hit CPS. I mean, like you want to try to start
0: down of just a bad a yes. bad
1: path. Yeah. If you don't yeah. have like that social work part of that job of assistant attendance, then you're just going to start like a whole roller coaster effect of if you're not looking at the bigger picture, like, why is this going on? Right, right, you know, are right, these kids right. not sleeping at night? Are they, you know, is are they staying at home because they have to stay at home? Like, what's going on? So
0: well, I know that there's a, a lawyer in the school program that's there at our mm-hmm. school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I know I, I'd heard about that and where it helps people families with custody against family-related law issues. Yeah, they can mm-hmm, help with
1: yeah. pretty much anything. Yeah. Um, They have a referral. Um, Last year they had to do their own referral. This year we can kind of refer people for for them, and they're in our school like every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So you can come in and you can anything, landlord issues. It's just that information that parents or people don't have access right. to or they think right. that they need a paid lawyer for. They mm-hmm. can kind of guide them. So that's another program. service. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So what has surprised you the most about what children in, in this day and time um, are facing? Have you been surprised by what our kids are facing these days?
1: I say the violence. The violence. Um, like basically like the community violence and just the loss that these kids are facing is drastically changed. I know like Whenever I was growing up, we lost people, but it was, like, accidents. Yeah. I mean, I'm from Oak Hill, Fred County, so it was, <laughs> it was like, hunting accidents, the four-wheeler accidents. Like, I lost a lot. I mean, a lot of kids in my class, it was never to gun violence or, you know, ODs, like, none of, none of that stuff. So I just see, like, how it's trickling down to the smaller kids. I mean, I can honestly say um, – like, we go on lockdown a lot, and that stuff is traumatic for these kids. Yeah. And I don't think that um, it's it's to the points where they're becoming desensitized. So that is, like, the biggest shock to me. Like, you know what happened? The kids will come and tell you that it happened and yeah. keep on playing. Like, you know, they'll walk past you such oh. and such it's that. It's like they're numb. numb. Yeah. Just numb they're just, to just numb to it, and they just keep it. on walking past you, and you're just like, you think this is your moment for the – let me social work them. They're just like, what's that over there? Yeah. Like you know, it's like it's, it's like did this next. happen? Are you okay? Yeah. It's like next, you well, know, it's to the point like they have the um, handle with care. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if that was like done the way that it's supposed, like every time there's police interaction, oh yeah, I can't even imagine. Like it's cause it's supposed to be like if there's police presence, period. Like if it's on the block. then we should get handled with cares on kids. Can you imagine, like, how many of those we would get? And so, technically, we just need to operate off of handling all the kids with care
0: as soon as they walk through the door. I mean, just started
1: there instead of thinking, like, oh, that one was... It's just a segment.
0: It's Mm -hmm. really, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, that one
1: lived next door to the police, but no, that's still the cousin of the one that's on that side. Everybody knows. (laughs) Everybody knows that the police was over there Searching for somebody or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we should just operate off of it from the beginning.
0: Wow, good point. Anyone else? Like, what, you know, what has surprised you about what children these days are dealing with?
3: Besides the violence, um, I have to say the drugs, because mm-hmm. I'm just disbelief. Like, we've had several schools, you know, kids mm-hmm. being caught vaping. Like, that's like mm-hmm. a oh, big thing yeah. right now, middle and high schools it's crazy you know growing up we had adults you know doing all types of drugs but you never heard of our peers you know doing that and now and then all of the different mechanisms this stuff Mm -hmm, and how easily mm -hmm. accessible it is it's scary yeah definitely definitely.
0: scary yeah yeah so what what are some students greatest needs as you you know work with these children every day what are some of the greatest needs that you're seeing I I would like to say stability, mm, you
2: know, um, students, in, the, in the home, st- stability in the home, stability within the school. OK, mm. you know, teachers yeah, switch a lot. Um, staff leaves a lot. Um, you know, even as a therapist, you get used to someone and then next thing you know, they've taken another job and they're yeah. gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but just stability as far as housing and um, everything to that nature. You know, I lived in the same home pretty much all my life. My parents had the same phone number pretty much all their mm-hmm. life. Talk. And um These my, friends <laughs> and my friends were there. My friends they didn't move, they didn't go nowhere, you know, mm-hmm. new kids came in, but right. it was just that that constant stable lifestyle and um, home and environment. And I mm-hmm. think that
3: would take care of everything in a nutshell. Yeah. I got that a family just this school year. We right. just finished the first nine weeks. They've bounced from here to South Carolina three times earlier. Oh, my goodness. And now they're back here.
0: Wow. In the
3: first nine weeks of school.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So that's where we're talking about stability. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think also, like, some preventative interventions with the kids. Um, I think we keep on identifying, like, through all the different things that we do. We'll identify, like, what their needs are or where they're at or what's going mm-hmm. wrong. or But we're identifying it after it's going to happen. Like, we know that... Well, we know now, like you said, the younger kids are a lot more responsible for themselves. Mm-hmm. So we can kind of start earlier and then what we wanted to, you know, we want to jump in there at middle school and say, you know, we, this is what you need to do. They're already in hat. Like, that's why you start preschool to start building habits and foundations. Right. So mm-hmm. you got to start that kind of stuff earlier. So it's not as hard um, easy for the kids to be. So they get manipulated and then they're gone like Mm -hmm. they want to try to save them at middle school and high school i just think that if we had some more preventative things like once we identify like this is a problem with the young girls this is what's happening as soon as they get to third and fourth grade, you know, you kind of see them start changing in. And it's, I mean, it's biological stuff, it's hormones, it's Mm -hmm. all that stuff, but we don't Mm -hmm. have anything in place to do that because we're saying it's left up to the parents, but we already identified that that's a problem. Mm -hmm. Like the parents are struggling in that area. We already know that. So I think we need to kind of combat that a little bit better with stepping in and stopping. prevention. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. definitely.
2: Definitely. Um, At that younger age because you know when we're setting goals and working towards graduation then you discover someone you know maybe they're struggling with their reading they're struggling with you know basic skills that they should have learned when they were younger it's hard to go in and kind of try to Mm -hmm. (laughs) band-aid or you know first aid those things that that you should have got when you were in elementary school um, or younger so definitely I definitely like that preventative programs Mm -hmm. yeah
1: we're having conversations with fourth and fifth graders that you know that um, you don't want to put the responsibility on them but you you kind of have to so you know just have a student now that I'm working with and I'm like you know baby I know you're not supposed to have to do this but these are your circumstances. Mm-hmm. They are not changing. Like you know, we can't change it, but we do we do want to work with you and see like if you want to make that change, you're going to have to see that change happen. You have to step up and it's it's so hard cuz you're looking at this little face and yeah. you don't want to be like, yeah. girl, this is your job now. You have to do it. But it's true. So if we know that We just got to, you know, jump out there and just go ahead and have something in place more than just a conversation like, hey, get yourself up now. Like, we're giving her alarm clocks. We're helping her Mm -hmm. set an alarm on her iPad because she wants to get up and come. But on the other hand of that, you're basically telling this little girl that or little boy that, you know, it's your responsibility to parent yourself. Which is like a double sad, yeah, it's sad, sad but it's the truth mm-hmm. though. So if you you got to instill that independence, you got to help instill it. So then when she goes, you know, because it her choice is just not to come. Like I'm just not going to go, and we're like, eh, but you have to, you know. No. So it's just harder trying to deal with like the um, like I said, the fourth and fifth graders that you know it's their responsibility to kind of take care of themselves yeah. before mm-hmm. their time. So.
0: And then you throw COVID in the mix. I mean, how is, what has <laughs> that done? Delayed everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody um, is
3: three years behind. Uh, yeah,
1: messed mm-hmm. up the routines. Uh, um, definitely. Me- mental gave, health issues. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm, forced yes. isolation. Mm-hmm. You know, basically, def- it definitely gave people an out. Yeah, because okay. we couldn't do anything legally during that whole entire time, mm-hmm. like, at all. Because um, it just wasn't a, it was like, okay, yeah. you have to log on. You can't require somebody. It's no law that says you have to have Wi-Fi. Right. So when a parent mm-hmm. is calling in, like, I don't have Wi-Fi.
3: Although okay. we tried to do the hot we spot, parked park
1: uh-huh. buses out there at yes. their houses, you know, all of that. But then there's always a counter Argument to mm-hmm. that, you know, I don't have this or I can't do that. And Then, um, and some of them were like really legitimate things, like um they had Wi-Fi, but they have six kids, and then the mom is working from home. Yeah, you can't have six people on Mother the Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi one the time. time. <laughs> yeah. you know, so wow. it was just it just put in so many different barriers and avenues for people, basically to just say, the world isn't working, so no school right
2: now. Right. And it's
1: like, wait a minute, yeah. <laughs> so.
2: I saw a, a picture of a student and they had the reality, they had a the preference or um, what you think, you know, and it was a student sitting at the table and mom was putting snacks down and they were going to school and all this stuff. And then it said the reality and there was a student there with no table, mm-hmm. you know, maybe mm-hmm. no lights. And we're expecting them to do school just like the other student yep. in the home mm-hmm. with the mom and the table and the, food and the support and that's a reality there's a lot of students you know during the pandemic that that don't have tables they don't have a kitchen mm-hmm. table they don't have chairs they don't have food they don't have um that that setting that environment to mm-hmm. learn mm-hmm. so that that made it difficult for students too. I mean, I think that made successful. it difficult
1: for adults too. Yeah. I
2: remember just I was looking at
1: people's workspaces that they set up at home, and I was like, dang, yeah, <laughs> like dang, what is it? Where is that? Mm-hmm. I mean, it look, I want that. I'm sitting in the middle of my bed with my legs crossed, and you know, like not comfortable at all. Um, but I just think that was like something for everybody. The, mm-hmm. everybody's circumstances were different, so it would have been hard to come down on one and Mm -hmm. say you're not doing this when you can't you just don't know why they're not able to do it yeah Yeah. it definitely set these kids back educationally though definitely
3: Mm -hmm. and it did open our eyes to some of the the lifestyles that these children are in because when they are on video Mm -hmm. and then you see
0: What's the going on in the you background?
3: hear the parents screaming and yelling and, mm-hmm. and the music blasting in the back with all types of vulgar language while they're <laughs> on Zoom. They're in school. In Technically, school. they're in school. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, oh. I remember we um, went through that situation
1: and was like, uh, you know, tried to have the conversation like, you know, they're kind of still in school. Yeah. And we was <laughs> told, y'all in my house. Oh. <laughs> it's like, yeah. My house. Yeah, yeah like you're wow. in my house like you can't tell me how to talk in my house and it was like yeah, yeah technically i guess we are but yeah. i don't know but can you not not cuss that much you know <laughs> so but i think also another thing about that though that we did learn like what could be done that mm-hmm. they kept saying couldn't be right. done. Yeah. like a lot of these jobs was like um, people didn't have jobs because they needed to be at home more or something. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden they needed their business. It was like work from home, <laughs> right? Immediately, exactly. uh-huh. like you can work from home immediately. Like start <laughs> right now. You know, it's no yeah, problem. Yeah, but yeah. you had people that was getting fired and stuff because they had to call in cause their kid was sick or mm-hmm. something. Now it's just like, oh, it's okay. Just hook this you up and work from,
0: the, work you're, you're from home. You're fine. That's one thing that COVID taught us: We could work from anywhere. You, you can work, yes, yes, work from anywhere. Definitely. Anywhere. Definitely. Um, so what, when you think of, of your career journey, what coaching or mentoring have you had along the way? It seems like you mentioned a basketball mm-hmm. uh, coach. and Yes. Talk about some of that.
3: Well, when I did my internship at West Virginia State College, I actually did my internship with our supervisor slash past basketball coach. So I knew I had, wanted, had a, a feel for being in the school system and knew it was something that I would possibly want to do. Um, he did talk to me and you know, tried to help mentor me throughout the way. Also had one of my favorite teachers, um, Rita Brown. <laughs> <laughs> she was on the board. She, helped. Like- she wore so many hats in the social work department. Mm-hmm. She was our teacher. and she she was an awesome mentor. She was there for years until she finally retired. Um, and she just helped. She was also kind of like a mother figure, too, Mm -hmm. for a lot of us. She would go to lunch with us, take us out to lunch, and just after classes, her work, her office hours, and just explain to us the social work. Like, what we're learning in here, you're going to know, is not what you're going to (laughs) apply, per se, Mm -hmm. in the real world when you Mm -hmm. got out there. And the same thing with our exams. When we're taking our social work exam... In the real world, in the field, how we will respond to something that's not necessarily the answer that <laughs> they <you> looking for. <laughs> select. So, like a reality check. She yes, a reality she, check. she made it real, real for us, and I appreciate working yeah. with her.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's that's all.
0: My, what oh, about okay. you?
2: Well, um, social work is one of those kind of things <laughs> that you know—you just kind of get thrown in the fire, you and you <laughs> have to learn from experience. <laughs> So um, that taught me a lot. But as far as like people who motivated me, my mom, my mother um, definitely motivated me. She had a very hard childhood. Um, she often tells me, we didn't have people like you when I was in school. You'd have had to come to my house. And um, she in, she enforced getting an education. She um, enforced me to be a giver and I think that, you know, that set the foundation for being a social worker, and and, you know, sometimes you don't have to be told to give to give, Um, but you do recognize when there's a need, and if there's a need, no one has to tell you to give, you give, you you figure it out, you you help other people, and that's what my mother, that's what she instilled in me. Mm Mm-hmm. Chanel? Um,
1: it's funny because my person definitely is Rita because I talk to her every day still. <laughs> so, yeah, like, um, but as far as like my motivation, um, to, is kind of like the opposite of what, um, Toya is saying. My motivation is the same way. Like I had a really crappy childhood, you know, and there what I wanted to be the social worker that I feel like if me and my friends in that area would have had, mm-hmm. then things would have kind of been different for us. So that was my motivation. I was like, I'm going to go do this cuz I'm not going to do it like they did it, you mm-hmm. know. That mm-hmm. was my thing. Mm-hmm. And with that, that's when I met um Rita cuz I have a like I have a 22 year old. So when I was at state, I already had a daughter and she was 4 and in every class <laughs> <laughs> with mm-hmm. me. That's when there were night classes and that's when I like I met with Rita. And I remember graduating and I was just like, I'm going to take a break. I'm not going to work. She was like, you're going to do what? <laughs> she was like, you didn't come too far. So the next thing I know, she called me and was like, you got to interview with CPS. I was like, how? You know, so just throughout that whole time, um, I've like stayed in contact with her. It's funny. She's my 22-year-old landlord. Like, you know, that's oh, wow. how much we are yeah. still connected. I do um, like pride training. She reach out. But she's the only one that kept calling and was like, you know, you can do you can do something else, and she was like, Mm-mm. "I would call her when I get a job offer." She's like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, don't do that because they gonna do this, today. you know." <laughs> so like, that's just somebody that kept telling me like, "You're bigger than the space that you're in. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you, you gotta step it up because you'll get trapped in that." I'm just a social worker, and that's where I was. I was like, like you said, um, it was so funny. I think I and I was gonna put that on like maybe my graduation cap and um somebody was like don't girl don't ever claim that i was like what we have a saying it's like you do it for the um outcome not the income and they were like who do it for that?
2: you need to do it for both <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: right? <laughs> right they was just like that's not a compliment to your your head. and i had to think about it and i was like you're right but i mean you just feel like like we give we want to give but there's other avenues to mm-hmm. where we can give and still get paid for right. it, you know. Exactly. So, yeah. and she was one of them people that told you, like, keep climbing, and you'll make a better, in, you know, a greater impact, you know, mm-hmm. if you just keep on climbing. So,
0: it's good advice, really good advice. So, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started as a social worker? What do you know now that you, you know, you wish you knew back then?
1: Mine was the kind of the same thing we just said. I wish that I knew that we could step outside that box and mm-hmm. just keep pushing. you know i I just thought that it just stopped right there. I didn't get my I didn't get my master's until twenty twenty. I graduated with my bachelor's in two thousand and four, so it took me that long to understand that i that i it was a bigger world of social work out there than like the stigma yeah. I was taking people's kids you know, yeah, and then for fifteen yeah. years. So, um, definitely wish that I would have known, like, how to navigate that world a little bit better.
3: Mm -hmm. I agree, because I didn't get my master's in social work until 2012. And I wish I would have just really taken the time back then, Mm -hmm. like you said, to just really research and talk more to Rita and (laughs) other people about um, just assisting me with the path and trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do and go into what Mm -hmm. aspect of social work or like I said I would have been in the schools sooner Mm because I really do love what I do
2: that's why being in the school sooner you can actually be a school social worker with a bachelor's degree Mm -hmm. um, as long as you get the four classes certification in and I was told to apply when I got out of school, but you know, I, I, no, you can't. You gotta have your mm-hmm. master's. Right. Right. Am yeah. <laughs> I ready for that now? That's that's kind of in my <laughs> head.
0: That's that's the you know the and I, and I'm still still learning cuz i oh, didn't know you, you that you got to keep going i you thought to, that you still had to have yeah. your master
1: so i could apply i waited until yeah, I, I got I, my master did my
2: internship in the school system and yep. still was irresponsible <laughs> i guess <laughs> <laughs> but i was like no you got to um you got to go keep going masters. that's Everybody that's i heard that mm-hmm. yeah so i could have yeah. did that and got a whole lot more work experience in um and been in the, my career and my field a little bit, you know, more, set, more, more wiser.
0: Right. <laughs> so, I didn't do that. I hesitated. Yeah. So in spite of your busy careers and everything that you go through, you still, you're all very actively engaged in community service. Why is that important to you, to continue to, to give back to your community, your time and your talent.
1: That's the fun part, I think. Yeah, that's the fun. <laughs> like, I think all the other stuff is stressful. I think the, like, being in the community and being visible, it's like you can't ask other people to do what you won't do yourself. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's when you are getting rid of the stigma of the m- big, bad, mean social worker. Mm-hmm. And that's why I do it the most. Like, I've um, kind of fought in that space. With, you know, with the school system I was like y'all always want me to be the mean person right. Like when y'all do the fun stuff Call me like I want to do the field trip <laughs> wanna Or I want visible Yeah, wanna be, yeah I, I mean I did yeah. I really fought for that because it A couple of times that's the way it felt It was just like they would be doing something And I'm like what's that And they're like <laughs> you know Or whenever Because um, we are the social service and the resources And I coming from CPS I had all kinds of resources So I mean we was bringing in coats and this and that and it was like i would be there but if i was gone i would come back and they had already distributed it all out you know and it wasn't that more of a thing like i wanted to be the face of it and be like i did this for you i wanted to be a right. part of it though mm-hmm. so they'll be, get comfortable cause they'll with get, you. and that's what mm-hmm. i said i was like yeah. if they see that i can do this part too when mm-hmm. i call them about an absence it's not a hang up or ready mm-hmm. to, right. to fight you know they're like oh well, she helped us with that, too, mm-hmm. and we can talk Yeah, we to her. can trust her. We yeah. can mm-hmm. trust her, so that's the biggest thing for me, doing the community service okay. stuff.
2: Being a part of community service also, I mean, I guess the piggyback off of that allows you to gain a relationship mm-hmm. with your community, and I think that's very important. in whatever school you work in or whatever that you do, to, to know what your people need, know mm-hmm. what their needs are, um, and if you know how to get to resources to be able um to do that i said my mom were, grew up in a, a hard life and she did and you know we struggled growing up too you know my mom didn't graduate from high school and it's crazy because i'm in a high school and i have a passion to help others graduate from high school even if i have one kid that i dealt with that i work with that i stay on I, I feel like i accomplished something so I I love giving back. Um, I love community service, um, giving clothes. I grew up on other people's <laughs> clothes pretty much. I was a big girl. <laughs> Tall and awkward and you know, somebody gave me a bag of clothes. It was it was good a good day. <laughs> so it's it's important to to build that relationship. Um, it shows that I'm human and and so forth. So yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. I am say, like, I'm just sitting here thinking, like, I can't see myself and not see myself being in a community. Mm-hmm. Just like, I just can't. Mm-hmm. I was like, have I ever just, I, I just can't visualize that. I do like helping others. I've always have from, I love seeing the children that I've worked with, K mm-hmm. through 8, and then they go on to graduate, and now they're adults, and they have their own children, And one of my students recently just said I was the reason why Mm -hmm. that pushed them to graduate from college. So it's like those rewarding comments like that. It's like you're really making an impact Mm -hmm. on these students. And, you know, even families, you know, going out and helping them with bringing them food or whatever they Mm -hmm. may need. It may not even be with my job it's just me no. outside of work yeah, outside right, of you know, work you know, yep. just going out and like you need anything I'm not working you know mm-hmm. here, here you go it's just very a very rewarding feeling and I also have my son help out too mm-hmm. with Christmas we adopt families and mm-hmm. children and mm-hmm. I let him go with me like we're gonna go shopping for people who need help. I said, you're one blessed child. Teaching him young, yeah. Yeah. To where you don't have to really have a need for anything. You don't need anything in this house. (laughs) Right. Let's go buy for someone else who does. So I'm starting to instill
0: that in him as well. That's awesome, that's awesome. So we're living living in challenging times. Um, You know, what kids are dealing with now, it's something, you know, stuff that we didn't have to deal with. But I know that in spite of it all, many you know, of the children you work with are resilient and they do well. So, as you look to the future, what gives you hope? Like, what makes you want to get up every day and be a social worker in the school system? What gives you that hope?
3: For me, as I work with grades K through eight, I'm starting to see, surprisingly, a lot more of my students becoming leaders. Mm-hmm. So that gives me hope that there is a brighter future ahead. Mm-hmm. That there will step in to maybe po- politician roles, <laughs> so, right? yeah. leadership roles to lead our country and our communities on a better path. So that would be my hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I
1: I think that um, like there's a lot of outside. I think people are fed up of like the our youth not having so like i said with mary c snow it's like all these people just like keep pouring into the kids and i think that support is actually it's uplifting in kids like mm-hmm. is it used to be like you could see them and they just still look down no matter you can give them a code you can give them this you can they yeah. just like whatever but now you can kind of see like the hope in them mm-hmm. and i think that that's just gonna make a huge difference like um we had a rough little fifth grade there <laughs> last year. They was just—I mean, it was just wild, girl. I mean, it was a lot of girls, and like I said, <laughs> it was just like hormones and everything. I mean, them girls, I was just like, boy, they gonna get to middle school, <laughs> Whew, and it's gonna be tough for them. And it's—but it's not. Like I see them now, and they're just like, hey, Miss Chanel, like like Mm -hmm. are you being good you know and it's like yes thank you you know like they've just I think the kids maturing a little bit faster than Mm -hmm. what they have to and it's being some supports in there I think that that's going to be beneficial for us moving forward because they're
0: probably dealing with so much at a younger age they are learning to cope Yep. yep
1: and like I said we if we jump in there and like build that up a little bit more instead of it letting it be tore down by somebody else. Like mm-hmm. there's two different things. And I grew up with that, you know, it's always, Oh, them, the fast girls. Yep. Some girls right. aren't really fast. They just have to be a little bit faster mm-hmm. to survive. Right. And right. I think that these kids have to survive at an earlier age. And if we jump in there, like we have been, we'll teach mm-hmm. them like the good survival skills <laughs> Right, and, yeah. and they won't be easily swayed by anything else. So,
2: yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, just seeing seeing the students that I work with graduating and going on and achieving those goals that they set or that they they thought that they wasn't able to set um, is encouraging as well as um, when I meet them and um, I I work with students and they say, I want to be a social worker. I'll be like, "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) okay, (laughs) you want to help people? Yeah, I want to help people I want to be a therapist or I wanna um be just like you. I wanna come to work and just chill. I'm like oh I my just is working and working hard. <laughs> so definitely just seeing that, seeing them grow up. Definitely. Um and being the law abiding citizens. Really <laughs> help them to shape the be. That's just right. encouraging.
0: Okay, awesome, awesome. So, you know, as we as we wrap up, any parting words? You know, what's going on with you? What's next for you? Any closing thoughts? Well, I'm currently in that another one of those stages
1: of your social work stuff. So, <laughs> um, like I said, I did just get my master's, so I'm finishing up, like, my clinical hours. So where mm-hmm. I do therapy, you have to get these 3,000 hours. <laughs> so um, that's what's next for me is this you know continuing to get those hours so I can become like a independent licensed clinical social worker um so wish me luck with that it's 3,000 hours but um, you got it yeah Mm -hmm. so I mean this it's still like the learning stage but um so with that and um just I have like a little group that's called sister talk so I'm still working on that and crossing my fingers they're trying to look at it as becoming like a curriculum and that can be used by all the schools so it's like just something small that I was doing but I just wanted to be a little bit bigger and so it's coming through though go for it that's awesome yeah so I've been tweaking it to where it's not just a small group thing it's something that you know like basically they'll have the the guidelines for it to go and then another school can use it or you can use it in any organization and they just like kind of follow the baseline of what what I created,
0: so okay. I hear a book uh, in the world. I, <laughs> <a book. laughs> I see a book. I see a book. Okay. Well, I
2: am dabb- dabbling um, <laughs> in therapy. Um, I work with PsyMed, and I'm working with um, juvenile detention um, residents um, within the state. And so far, I love it. I don't know if I'm ready to do it full time. <laughs> um, they're kind of trying to push in that, but I, I love the schools and I, I went to school just to be a school social worker. So I don't know. But um, right now I'm just working on my um, community um, resources, my community resource room, as well as um, Angel Tree. It's Christmas time coming up. So I'm working with high schoolers. It's kind of difficult because there's no social service agencies that deal mm-hmm. with students um, or children over 12. So sometimes Christmas mm, and Santa don't come after <laughs> 12. So, um, and those older kids, they deserve to, to yeah. be able to have a, some, some Christmas, Christmas joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting
0: busy with that now. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I'm going to follow up with you on is that, uh, you know, with the F- Red Valley Foundation, you have a number of scholarships, and sometimes we don't always get applicants to some mm-hmm. of them. So really, I think I'll make sure that you are always aware of, um, yeah, because we we got like a new the new um, a new scholarship for KJ Taylor, and no one applied last year. Oh, really, oh, wow. So it's like I think I'm as I sit here, I was like I need to make sure that you're on top of like, yeah, yeah. we'll be announcing opening up the scholarship period next week. Right. Well, sure. most
2: definitely. I like to be. Yeah. A, I use my Facebook to get resources yeah, out. What, yeah. I work with other school counselors and other school social workers and so forth. So most we definitely. We are the as people. <laughs> I, like I will yeah. share a resource. Yeah. Like share, share, yeah. share. So
1: share. I like to share. Yeah. yeah. Like look at this now. Right. So do
0: uh-huh. now. <laughs> Move today. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, what's
3: next? for What's next <laughs> for you? Um. Well. Kanawha County Schools is where you find me. I know you ladies are dabbling in therapy, and kudos to you. I think I'm actually about to start dabbling into creating my own business outside of social work. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So awesome. I'll share more later, but I'm excited about more that. More to come. Mm-hmm.
0: Good. Good, good, good. Well, thanks, ladies. This was very enlightening for me, and I know it will be for our audience. So thank you for joining me on fostering solutions and uh i wish you all the best in your career as you work with our youth because you know that's all we've got you know we were <laughs> all we kind of, have, they are our press, heritage right. so yeah. we got to make sure that we're bringing them up in the best way that we can so thank thanks you so much thank you and bringing yeah, thank attention you. to pleasure. us in the school system <laughs> yes. absolutely thank you
1: thank you